Hey, it's Andy. Thank you so much for listening. Got a very special edition of our already very special The Andy Staple Show goes to the movie series. We're doing The Waterboy today. This time, though, with a member of the cast. James Bates, former Florida linebacker, captain of the 1996 National Championship team, also known as West Mississippi lineman number 62, who gets dropkicked by Bobby Boucher. He's going to talk about being on the set for The Waterboy, about how that scene went together, and also he's going to give us some bonus stories about his time on the set of Any Given Sunday, which was filmed right after The Waterboy. And we talk a little bit about what he's doing now, because Batesy's up to a little bit of everything. He calls games. He's a great artist. He teaches a class at the University of Florida. He's a man for all seasons and all reasons, James Bates. Best of luck to you on an upcoming play. I'll be playing with your mama tonight. 62. Go, play, go. Hunt. 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 I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. The Andy Staples Show goes to the movies. We were hoping we'd be out of this by this point. We started this Andy Staples Show goes to the movies series because we are trying to give everybody an escape from the crushing reality that is reality. But it's still going on. So we're still going to the movies. One college football movie that we have not hit yet. We, we dipped into other movies. We've, we've gone to Varsity Blues. We've gone to The Replacement. So we've done Rudy. Uh, we've done The Program. We've done Necessary Roughness. We, we've hit all the good college football movies except for one. And that one is The Waterboy. Bobby Boucher. South Central Louisiana Mud Dogs. One of the great underdog stories of all time. But we're going to do this one a little differently. It's not going to be me and somebody talking about the movie and just watching it and making fun of the movie. Oh, no, no, no. We have, as a very special guest, a man who has been dropkicked by Bobby Boucher. And that is West Mississippi lineman number 62, also known as former Florida Captain James Bates, member of four SEC championship teams and one very special national title team. James Bates, what's up? Yeah, I wish we could add that Bourbon Bowl title to that, but Bobby Boucher and the Mud Dogs, they, uh, they got us. Hey, man, this is exciting. You got me fired up talking about all those movies. I got to go back and listen to a couple of them. Um, but, uh, oh, man, I, uh, you know, sitting here and listening to you talk about The Waterboy, it's it, it was at the time I was just a Sandler fan, but and, and I knew I wanted to meet Sandler and it'd be cool to have a chance to be in a movie with him. But I had no idea that it would be 
such a such a cool movie and popular for so many years and to so many people, so many generations. And I just thought, what a neat experience. And thanks for having me on, Andy. No problem. That's what, one of the things I wanted to ask you first was, you know, when you're growing up in, in Sevierville, Tennessee, you know, your dad is a, a longtime college football coach, pro football coach. You're, you know, you're a football family. You're getting recruited. Steve Spurrier tells you, you know, people wait till they're 60 to come down to Florida. You come down at 18. And, and he, he's saying that. Did you ever think that you would be in a movie that grossed $180 million scoring a touchdown, a game-winning touchdown, no less? Yeah, you know what? No, no. I, I used to always uh, dabble. I would o- always love the, the VHS uh, video projects that, that we would have to do in school. And, and I was one of those guys in high school that – you know, we were always taking a video uh, recorder around and, and making little films and stuff. But I never thought that uh, that I'd have a chance to, to be a part uh, of something like that. And, um, you know, uh, it's it's really cool. We I was out of football, I guess, for oh, a year, maybe I had been with the Cowboys a couple of times after my Florida days and gotten hurt a couple times and it was finally like all right it's time to move on and uh, a buddy of mine that I played with his wife had done some acting in Orlando the Orlando area it was a time when a lot of uh, a lot of the movies were, were being shot tv shows there in central Florida and he said hey man they're looking for former football players to be a part of this Adam Sandler movie and I, I just like I don't even know that, that football really registered that much. It's, it was just, I was such a big Sandler fan, you know, Billy Madison and all of his old tapes and CDs, like medium pace and all that stuff, man. Like, I just loved that dude. And so I got, I was in Houston at the time and I got in my car and, and had a chance to come do some radio stuff back in Gainesville. And I said, I'm going to go do the radio stuff and I'm going to go down to Orlando and, and try to do this. And, you know, Four auditions later or whatever, I, I got the uh, the little part of 62 and um, and was also like a, uh, a glorified extra, if you will, like as, as the football backup. So all the B unit stuff and, you know, and all of those football movies, they're mostly uh, former college football players at the time, a lot of arena football players. And they would shoot in the offseason because once their season was done, they you know, they didn't have to go to all the mini camps and everything. And so they really had a system down. And uh, and I actually, our B unit director on the Waterboy was a guy named Alan Graff, who played uh, offensive lineman at USC. And so... The, 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 yeah, the people who've been listening to, to this podcast series on the movies know Alan Graff and, and Mark Ellis, the, the guys that worked on the Waterboy, because uh, they also worked on Rudy. Uh, they also worked on the program. They also worked on uh, Varsity Blues. Any Given Sunday, yeah. and I think Invincible, and, and yeah. And so, and, and we had like a training camp. And it was, it was at, at times it felt like it was as tough as anything we went through together when we were back there in Gainesville at, at the University of Florida. And you know, and, and so it, I guess the, the little part that I had, it was shot on three different days and it was stuff like that that kind of iced That's me. what I was wondering about is because so the scene, the, the, the scene we're talking about is you're playing the right guard for West Mississippi. Bobby Boucher wishes you luck on the play and then and then you say you're going to be seeing his mama that night. And of course, you obviously 
don't say that about Bobby Boucher's mama. But yeah. The, the, you're t- we're talking about maybe 45 seconds for this sequence on screen. It took three days. Well, three, you know, they would, they would move around in different angles. And since, since they're set up at this angle, now we can knock this out with half, without having to change everything around. And actually, when he looks down and says, it's 62, I love my mama very much. And now you know that. Like, I, I, I was nowhere in sight. I mean, they, for all I know, they could have shot that back in L.A. Um, and, you know, and, but it just, I was such a big movie fan and, like, and just wanted to believe and, and just, like, just fascinated by all things movie, like anything cinema. And, and it kind of ruined it for me a little bit because you start looking for, oh, just things that are a little bit out of place and, and you know, a watch that's turned around differently in this next shot and, or, or something like that. And it, the way you look at, at movies, uh, it changes when you're around that and, and when you see. But, yeah, they, uh, they did it in, in three different days. And Michael Papa John was, a, uh, was his stunt double, Bobby Boucher's stunt double, and he was awesome. What a good dude. He, he's uh, done a lot, of, uh, a lot of stunt work, a lot of acting. And he actually was a baseball player uh, at LSU. And his first job was he was Dennis Quaid's stunt double in Everybody's All-American. Um, I guess right when he was finishing up at LSU or just, had just finished up his baseball career. So now was he the one who drop kicked you or d- did you actually get drop kicked? Was that, was that you or was that uh, a, a <laughs> oh, stunt yeah. double or how's that, how did that work? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. They, they don't care that much about me. So I, I was 62 and I swear it was probably, oh, I probably got drop kicked about 10 times. Uh, and, and, you know, that's the one they used. And I mean, he gets, he gets up there. Papa John, he, he's, you know, like, like Sandler, like Bobby Boucher, he's not a he's not a super tall guy, but I mean he he got some air and he was parallel with the ground and, and as he kicks me in the face. Um, but but it was great. It was uh, I got the wind knocked out of me a couple times with the with that kick, but you know it was all part of it and it was a uh, what a cool experience. Well, that's what I, so I got introduced to this world uh, back in the years ago. I was working for the Tampa Tribune, and I did a story with with one of our former teammates, Travis McGriff, who was one of the stunt doubles for Mark Wahlberg on Invincible, where he was playing Vince Papali. And, and Travis was saying, "Yeah, they just they just crush you over and over and over again until they get it exactly the way they they wanted." So that I I, I can't believe I never asked you about the drop kick thing. I I'd not realize how many times you would have had to been drop kicked to get that scene right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and I mean, they, they had, let's see, they had, uh, Oh, like a, Oh, they call them gators or whatever. The little four wheelers. Uh, they had a, a big rig set up on, on that with the camera that, that I was basically chasing and, and running after that and with a uh, Sandler at times running behind me and then Papa John running behind me and because they're going to get this angle of the kick and Oh yeah. So it was, a, uh, it, it's, there are a lot of uh, a lot of beatings that go on, and nobody cared then, and, and I doubt anymore anybody cares about targeting. You're so excited to be, you know, if you're a football player and you're not like come strolling out of your trailer like a, a real Hollywood actor, you're like, yeah, I'll do it, whatever, whatever. I don't, you know, like just uh, I'll see stars. I know. Well, right after that, we went down pretty much a lot of that group uh, to shoot any given Sunday down in Miami. 
Wow. And of all the years that I had played football, I had never broken my nose. And I broke my nose on that set in the tackling drill because my helmet didn't fit quite right. And it was all, you know, all we had. And so I had to leave because just shattered my nose. <laughs> and yeah, it's crazy. I said, you start in the SEC for four years, and the worst injury you sustain is on the set of any given Sunday. <laughs> with, with LL Cool J. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh. so in the Waterboy, there was another guy that, that we were with at Florida named Todd Holland, who was another, he was a walk on like me. His locker was like two down from me when I was a freshman. And he had talked about wanting to be a professional wrestler and, and wanting to get into that world. He was per, he was Greg Meany. He was the defensive end for the team that I, I, I keep calling him Cletus, that, that Jerry Reed coached. Um, but he got it. He got a huge role and then wound up getting cast in a bunch of Sandler movies. I mean, so what was that like with, with you guys, you know, former Gators just hanging out in Deland, Florida in the, in the sweltering heat? <laughs> Oh, I know. He he was the one that that, that sounded like a big choo-choo train. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. He had was, the voice. Was, he had the goatees, like six foot seven. He's perfect for it. Oh yeah, and and he made a good living. Just recently, um, he moved back to Florida, but he lived out there in L.A. for a long, long time. And like you said, did a lot of a lot of other Sandler movies. And um, but Sandler's like that, you know. He'll. He'll take care of his boys, and, and he'll if you if you've watched four or five of his movies, you realize, hey, that, that's Peter Dante, that's Alan Cover, that's uh, Jonathan Lockman, all the same guys playing these different characters. And he even after the Waterboy, he uh, he threw me a bone and, and gave me a little part in a movie that that he produced, uh, The Animal with Rob. Sh- uh, oh Schneider. yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, but but yeah, it's it's cool to. Uh, to have teammates like Todd Holland on there and, and Todd was a good dude and he did such a good guy for not having any experience to pull that off. Um, and, you know, and that's a lot of trust that you put into somebody to cast them in that role when, you know, the, the antagonist, he, he's got to, he's got to make it count. He's got to, you know, or, or he can kind of make or break the film, but he did a really good job. So, what was it like that, you know, you get on set, you, you said you'd been through the training camp already. And that's one of the things that, that those guys do when they bring these football teams together for movies is they, they do the training camp. Dwayne Davis, who played Alvin Mack in the program was explaining how he got to miss the training camp for the program. Cause it actually cast someone else in the role first. And so you get his parachute in after all that was over, but, but you actually went through that and then you get to where you're actually filming at, at Deland high school, uh, the site of, maybe my worst high school football game. So uh, you probably saw a stain there that, that uh, a Miami bound defensive end left. That was me. Um, oh no. Yeah. Oh, it, was, no. it wasn't pretty. Um, but you know, what was that like? And, and what's the, what's a shooting day like when you're shooting all these football scenes? It's, it's the whole hurry up and wait. It's all day. Uh, get there super early most of the day and, and you're a lot of times just kind of laying around, we would do like, um, you know, a little like prison workouts off to the side just to try to keep busy. Um, because uh, you, you didn't have much going on while they're spending these hours. And, and, and these are the times when, and why they have all these trailers. So the stars can go back and, and you know, and just hang out in, in their air conditioned trailer and play video games or, or read or do whatever. But we're all just out there in the sun, just kind of laying around. Um, and, 
but you know, I mean, just kind of hanging out with with who guys who quickly became your boys, like uh, Pat O'Hara. I don't know if you remember his. Oh yeah, from the USC. Orlando Predators. Dude, P.O., man, like he became one of my favorite friends ever. Just such a good guy and, you know, just uh, just good people. That uh, Oh, guy they called Spanky. Um, uh, I think Connell, I think Connell's his first name, Spain. He played at FSU. Uh, he was on Any Given Sunday. And, and that guy, I was like, oh, man, I wish he would have been on my team. Just one of the funniest guys you'd ever met. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just fun to kind of get to know a lot of these guys and and just just what you'd expect, pretty much, just kind of sitting there bullshitting with with your boys. So my my question is, like when we see the scene in the movie, it's it's in the game. You've got basically everybody's there except the Kathy Bates character, who's who's back home in Louisiana. But well, I guess they're all in Louisiana. But <laughs> but you've got <laughs> Farmer Fran standing next to to Henry Winkler on the sideline. Like were they even there those days? Did you even see those guys? Yeah, and you know, and and even beyond the animal and stuff, I, I kind of I was lucky because I could straddle the fence of doing some broadcasting and and try to dabble and do some more acting work and anything after that. You talk about setting the bar high, just as far as good people, and and Adam Sandler's like one of the sweetest humans you'll ever meet. My wife was pregnant with our first uh, child, Jake, and she came to the set and he was so good to her. And he was just so good to everybody and, and everybody that he brings around. They're all good people. Like, like Blake Clark, who is farmer Fran, who did a lot of, a lot of his uh, stuff with him. But, but Jerry Reed and Kathy Bates and Henry Winkler would, would bring everybody ice cream. And it's just, that's it was amazing. Just, like, just great people like the Fonz is like hand delivering ice cream to everybody. It's just, and, and, and Kathy and he, Mason and just won an Oscar at this point. Yeah. And, and she was nice, but I, I didn't want to believe it because I was just like scared to death of her because of misery and <laughs> Mr. Man, I'll get you your cock duty paper. You know, like she's so scary, but she's so sweet. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I want to do this. And then you go to another movie set and everyone's like, you know, just kind of off to themselves. And, and it's not this, this big, uh, this big love fest. And you realize, okay, so it is real life. It's not just one big fairy tale. So Pacino and uh, Pacino was not like Sandler <laughs> when, when you got to that set, I take it. No, no. And let's see, I don't know because, because I got, uh, because I broke my nose. I never met Pacino, but I'll, I'll give you, here's a good one. You'll like this one, Staples. So one of my, you remember from our, our bus rides, how, like you know we used to always just oh how where i'm wired to make up songs and, and joke with the guys and, and get everyone going and stuff and yes if there's a microphone mic. you will grab it exactly and so we were you know you build this bond as you go through two a days and of course we had you know we had you know been through it all together and this is down in, in miami homestead on the any given sunday set and so so we've been through it all and now we're starting to kind of put in some of these plays and just like you talk about like parachuting in here comes James Todd Smith. And I am like, <laughs> you, you'll never meet a bigger, like classic hip hop rap fan than me. So I am like, Oh my gosh, LL Cool J's coming. Oh my God. And I'm so excited. And he gets there and he's like, he's, he's not my favorite. I'll put it that way. He just like, <laughs> It, he's and, and everybody like we would run sprints at the end of these practices and he would run like the first one and 
the second one and then he would take like the next 10 off and then he'd run the last two and beat everybody and talk trash to everybody about how much faster he was and everybody everybody was just so mad so one of my proudest moments of rocking the mic if you will was we had he had a play where he was he was a running back and he had a play where he came out of the backfield and had to catch a pass well the ball was thrown to him and this is in practice he drops the ball and he insists that he makes one of the equipment managers run back to the locker room and get him some gloves and it's like i mean it's like a 10 minute jog back to this locker room that the kid had to go to and we're all standing there and they're not going to run the play until the guy brings his gloves back and so we're sitting over there and and telling you man proudest moment ever it's all downhill from there it just went it came in my head to saying i need gloves and and how did i know this is going to be i need love all the ll cool j songs this is as soon as you mentioned james todd smith i started i'm as hard as steel you're as soft as a pillow that's exactly what i started so i need gloves very nice did you did you get a whole verse out before he tried to punch you Oh, he didn't. He he didn't. He didn't react. But the whole defense was singing it, and that's uh, the guy was telling you Spanky from FSU. Like we were over there singing, and it was like, oh my gosh, it was it was beautiful. I need when I'm alone in my room, so, and it's just I need gloves. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Oh, it's that that is perfect, and, and we probably should mention that you have gotten to rock the mic quite a bit. Since then, uh, you, you call games in the ACC now. You've, you've worked for the Mountain West Network. Uh, you, you have done paintball broadcasts. You, you've done a, you had a lot of – you've moved up and down the cable dial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, BMX and, and drag racing and flag football and arena football. And I just – you know, what a uh, – and, and I'm teaching a class about it at the University of Florida, a play-by-play on-air talent class. And and that's what I that's what I try to tell all of my students is like, get ready, because there have been a lot of jobs that I've taken in the past where it's like you hang up the phone after you've agreed to to do a full season of something. And you you Google search what the heck it is like. All right. What is this and what are the rules and water polo and, and everything is just. And so they all come in like, oh, yeah, I'm going to call games in the NBA. I'm going to do play by play in the NBA. And I'm like, man, I hope so. But be ready, because on the way you're going to get thrown a lot of <laughs> curveballs. Right. Be ready for drag racing. Harder. Well, that's what one of one of Batesy, one of your biggest talents is that you could be the play-by-play guy or the analyst, and there are very few people capable of doing both. If you're bored in the house, bored in the house, bored, why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their Lawnmower 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents because Lord knows... We don't want any of those. Shaving is about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Subscribe to the Perfect Package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. This is the Perfect Package for your Perfect Package. So do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC. Yeah, thank you. And, and I'm really proud of that. And, and that's when I went out to the Mountain West Conference. I was uh, their lead play-by-play guy for, gosh, five years. And, and that was really the, bi- the first big play-by-play gig that I had. And, but because of doing a lot of those drag racing shows and paintball shows, I realized that you know they were a lot of more kind of um, – we would shoot opens. We would go to the, we would go to the event and, and shoot an open and shoot a couple wraps. But then they would, they would go back and edit all of this action together and you'd come back in the studio and, and you'd call the action. And so in essence, I was doing play-by-play work for all of those other events. But at the same time, then I'd go back and I'd do uh, sit in the analyst chair for whatever football I was doing at the time. And I realized, I was like, gosh, you know what? I think I like that chair better because unlike my dad and my brother who – you know, longtime coaches and were always true students of the game, X's and O's and dissecting this. I just enjoyed the the, the human interest side of, of things and the storytelling side of things. And it's kind of tough to get in a lot of those stories when you're sitting in that analyst chair. And uh, and I was very fortunate to be able to uh, to move over there. And even when you, you know, broke the chair, you kept going yeah. very famously <laughs> before a basketball game. Greetings, everybody. So glad to have you with us tonight. Along with Steve Wolf, I'm James Bates. Well, they're ready to rock. Man. Woo! Okay, they're ready to rock here. Let's keep it going in the Cintas Center. You see how rough things are? Woo! They're always ready to rock. You know what? A big-time rivalry. Not a big-time stool, but a big-time need for a win for both of these teams. Yeah, that's well, and you know, that's like, I guess that's just me. My, uh, my, I called my wife. That, that was, uh, that was in Cincinnati and, uh, uh, at Xavier. And the stool before the game, uh, with Steve Wolf, uh, was my analyst. And, uh, I think Dayton was in town and it just shattered. And I looked up and I saw the front row, all these old ladies with their camera phones out and just taking pictures. And I'm like, well, we got to try to make this work. And I called my wife afterwards. I'm like, hey, the stool broke out from underneath me during the open. And she goes, well, it's because you're always squirming too much. It's because you can't sit still. And like, you know, it like, doesn't surprise her. Poor, poor Tina Bates has dealt with that for a long, long time. Now, here's another question. When I, so for those who don't know, Batesy is also a very talented artist. Uh, you, you call it folk art. I call it kind of a cross between folk art and, and political cartooning almost. But you're... Your muse is Steve Spurrier. I think that's that's pretty clear. He's he's the Uma Thurman to your your Quentin Tarantino. Uh, but but you've you've done a lot of different things. You've you've taken a lot. You've taken commissions where uh, you, you painted Jim Harbaugh in his pajamas for for a Michigan fan and and done a lot of. But but your first commission wasn't it? Jerry Spurrier asked you to design a T-shirt for the women's swimming team. Yeah, that's a good memory, and I just. You know, I like to I like to laugh. I like to smile and, and try to make people happy. Um, again, Tina Bates will say, you know, to a fault too much and, and trying to always trying to goof around like we were doing a, 
a yoga class with our daughters uh, this morning online on the Zoom. And, and, you know, and I said something and she's like, you're like that fifth grader. You're like that. I would, I would have hated to have been your teacher. You're just like that fifth grader, always just running your mouth and everything. And so, um, but whenever we would have in the locker room, you remember they'd have those big whiteboards, the uh, dry erase boards in the locker room. And if someone would get in trouble with, uh, you know, the police or whatever, the campus police that weekend for, for throwing eggs, you know, and, and I would draw a cartoon of it on the whiteboard. And so I guess somehow Jerry Spurrier got wind that I like to draw and, 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 you know, whatever. And I liked art. And so she came to me one day and said, Hey, you know, I work with these swimmers and you guys get all this gear and they're getting ready to go to SECs and nobody ever takes care of them. I, I'd like to, I'd like to take care of them and do something nice for them. Will you uh, design a shirt for them? And, you know, and, and it just so happens that, Oh, however many years later, if that was 1993, probably that, that she asked me to do that. And I still have that shirt. And I wore that shirt to Auburn for SEC swim meet this year when our daughter was a freshman swimmer at UF. And I, and I got to wear it. It was just the coolest thing ever because my wife was a swimmer there as well. And, and that was for her and her teammates. And now here we've got a daughter uh, that's there swimming at, at UF. Were you already dating Tina at that point or, or had you, is that how you met? Well, uh, no, we met, gosh, we were on campus about five, 10 days and we met there in the study center, um, just yawn hall, just kind of the whole uh, athlete area. And so we had been dating, we'd been dating at that point for probably about a year. Okay. Yeah. That's a, I, I, I just, I remember you got commissioned for that one and that was your, your first commission, but uh, that, the, your art business has really taken off and you know, I, you, we both live in Gainesville and I see people wearing your, your Ben Hillbilly hats or your, your swamp hats all around town. And, and are you surprised at, at how quickly that sort of sh took off? And, and now you're, you're getting calls from all over the country saying, Hey, can you, can you paint this for me? Oh, uh, well, thanks. First of all, man, for the kind words. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just, it, it sounds really cheesy and, and lame, but it's like, I just feel, I just, I just love to create and I love to, I, I just love good. And when people have good energy, I love being around people with good energy and, and just, and, and art uh, has that same effect on me. And I, I just kind of feel the need to create and I feel the need to put my heart into it. And it's just so rewarding that people, see that and they appreciate that and they to have somebody call me up and say hey you know i want i want a commission and to think that that my art would make their home better or to make their spouse happier as a present or whatever it just it blows me away and it never stops blowing me away and i just i just feel so fortunate you know it's like we started the conversation to uh, talking about bobby boucher and being a part of the water boy i mean that's just like the coolest thing ever. And I just feel like, and I, I tell my students this all the time. I like, I just feel so fortunate to have a, a healthy family, to have done the things that I've done and to, to do what I do now. I just, I feel like I, I'm paying it back by trying to, to be a positive person and trying to make people better and trying to make people happy. And I, 
And I tell them, I'm like, if I ever see you guys, you've got one of these big gigs that you dream of having, and I turn on the TV and you're acting like some butthole that, that you know, acts like you're, you're important just because you're, you've got a TV job, I, I'm going to come find you and I'm going to whoop your butt because it's like, that's, and we're so lucky that there are so many gators that, that are positive people, you know, you, you know, so many that, that are not only doing a good job, but you can just tell when you turn on the TV that they're not, you may hate the gators, but they're not bad people. They're not, they're not full of themselves because they've got a TV job because they're around all these athletes or because they were athletes. And, and I just, you know, I just try to put my heart into it. And, and I just feel so lucky that I can, because I've got this, I'm just wired where I, I wanted somebody will say something. And before I even answer, I run it through a, a funny filter. Like I'm trying to, you know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. And so, well, I, I we got to talk about my favorite original Batesy. The, the, this is, this is your finest work. As far as I'm concerned, it is the Steve Spurrier holding up the boom box, like John Cusack and say anything. And, and you've written the story next to it of, when he brought the boombox in to play "Kick a Little" by Little Texas, <laughs> for, to inspire you guys in '94, and then he remember very famously did it again. And you mentioned this in the piece. Went with Leanne Womack's "I Hope You Dance" for the 2000 team. Now you guys, you guys got Little Texas, so you got a little, little better one. But uh, it, that one just every time I see it, it cracks me up because it's Steve Spurrier. Standing there with a boombox over his head. I know, man. It's it's one of my favorites too, and that's kind of in the early stages of of what you earlier you're talking about, kind of the, the folk art feel. Is I really going full circle back to the any given Sunday days down in in South Florida? Uh, I had just done a big painting for my wife for Christmas. Um, it was a landscape of a place in Tennessee where we got engaged uh, up by Gatlinburg, and and. Eric Kresser was uh, my roommate. Warfel's back up, and you know, and then he went on to win a national championship with Randy Moss up at Marshall when he transferred. Um, he majored in art, and he was my roommate, and he helped me build that canvas and let me use his studio to paint that. And I just enjoyed that so much. And about the same time, we were down in Miami, and I was going in and out of, of these really cool art galleries, and I just was blown away by this art, and I just knew that I had to have art like that but I couldn't afford art like that. So I just had to paint more. And so I started by, by doing a lot of la uh, abstract landscapes for a long time. And, and I still do from time to time. And, and I, I, you know, sometimes I'll hoard them and sometimes I'll have little shows um, and linebackers and landscape shows. But then the more I started, you know, as we story tell here and, and, you know, my head ball coach stories, I collected folk art, like other people's folk art. I just love art with text and, and, and stories to them. And so I just decided to, you know, start kind of doing some of my head ball coach stories, uh, if you will, on canvas. And that's always been one of my favorites. And just the thought of him. And, and it was an old boombox. And he, but he didn't know how to play it. He wasn't as cool with it as John Cusack. Remember, he had like Jamie Sperone as coach. Jamie, how you work this thing? And he's like, yeah, we, we got a big game. We got a big game tomorrow. You guys need to listen to this. And my wife, uh, Jerry, she showed, she played this song for me. And, uh, and I thought it'd be pretty good to listen before we uh, go out there. And we were number one in the nation. And he pushes, we're getting ready to, to go to war in the swamp the next day with Auburn coming in there. And he pushes this. And, you know, 
I mean, you've got like you got Donnie Young in there who probably like, oh, I like this song. This and they like you've got to kick <laughs> a little, do, 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 and they don't even say ass. Right? They wouldn't. They wouldn't say ass or butt. You just got to kick a little. Yeah, you just got to kick a little. And we're like, all right, we got to kick a little, and everybody's laughing. I mean, just laughing their asses off. And the next day, we we got our asses beat. And it's like, and I guess he didn't pull out any new music for a while. But then he gave he gave those guys, I hope you dance, um, Leanne Womack. I just just the thought of that in the pregame the next week because that was after a loss that he played that after the Mississippi State loss on the road. And like I can just I can imagine him going around the locker room pregame. You know how he would make it a point to go shake everybody's hand. I can just imagine walking around being like, all right, all right, Danny, I hope you dance. Hope you dance today, Andy. Just go. <laughs> Don't sit this one out. I hope you dance today. Oh my gosh, that guy's a beauty. Oh. He's such a beauty. We're so lucky to have been able to to have been around him and, and to have him back in town. I it, and for those who have not had the pleasure, you've got a YouTube series called Steve called Spurrier Stories. Head ball coach. There's head one ball coach you, stories. Head ball coach stories. I'm sorry. There there is one with Danny Werfel that. I was I, I happened upon it one day and was just dying. I didn't know this story. This is I was a freshman this year, but obviously I was not uh, privy to any of these meetings. But but he brought you and Danny in, in to talk about people asking for autographs as Danny was was hurtling toward the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, no, it was it was actually yeah 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 I I don't think he had won it yet, but it was he called a group of us up uh, before practice, like after the stretch. And he would, he would never, I mean, this was, it was just kind of odd. He, like one time he had the local newscaster, Paige Beck, come and talk to the team. It was the only other time. Like, all right, guys. He loved Paige Beck so much. <laughs> he used to get so excited. All right, guys, Paige Beck wants to talk to you today. And Paige Beck is a great person. But, like, to get us ready to go play Auburn, I don't know. And so, so we're sitting there in, in the, like you said, the autograph pounds. It's a, it's a little bit of a trek from our locker room to that practice field, uh, walking by the O-Dome. And there, there started to be more and more people that would hang out with helmets and, and, and hats and whatnot and, and trying to get autographs. And so he calls us all up and he says, uh, shoot, all these people out there asking for your autograph. You, you don't have to sign that. You don't just say, just say, go Gators, go Gators and come on down to practice. Like Danny, Danny, you don't have to sign that. Just say, go Gators, go Gators and, and come on down. If you don't want to, you don't have to sign that. He goes, Danny, you, you know what they do when they, when they get your autograph, Danny, when they get your autograph on those helmets, they, they sell it. They take it to the mall and they sell it. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, they probably do. And, and he goes, <laughs> he pauses for a second and goes, and you know what they do with the money after they sell it? And then he shrugs their shoulders. He's like, they buy drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, what? And he goes, oh, hell, maybe they don't, but they could. <laughs> it is, it, it's just unbelievable. And, and hey, listen, the Oaks Mall. Has been the scene of a major drug bust, so you never know. Oh, wow! So it, I, I'm just it, like now I'm picturing the Oaks Mall circa 1996 <laughs> with just people selling Danny Werfel autographs. Oh, we used to take Crazy Rich up there and, and have him go tackle things in Champs, and, and oh, Zach Pillar and I used to uh, that used to be our, our place to go shoot videos of Crazy Rich back in 1996. For those who don't know, and, and a lot of this stuff is on YouTube, uh, the old James Bates show, your, your cable access show that came out at, right after your college career ended, uh, is still on YouTube with your <laughs> with your uh, the real head ball coach uh, to the tune of the real Slim Shady. Uh, but yes, Crazy Rich, uh, friend of yours who 
Well, the name pretty much says it all, but he'd do just about anything and was great on camera. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. It, and I mean, he was, he was the motivation behind all of that. It, I mean, that was our guy. He would come to town and, and get us ready. And uh, he was probably about 45 at the time, probably weighed about 95 pounds at the time, had some nice monster tattoos, but he'd come to town and eat Coke cans if that's what he felt like we needed. And, uh, and he, was a big, he was a big part. He was, he was the motivation. And there's actually, uh, there are a few clips on YouTube about him as well. It's, it is unbelievable. So uh, we, we've taken you down a, a Batesy rabbit hole, but that is how it works because this man is, you, you've got to be the most multi-talented person I know because you, you can, you can sing, oh, man. Well, you can, you can impersonate Steve Spurrier, you can paint beautifully. Uh, for those who, who are wondering what the sound has been in the background, that's not the occasional police siren. Uh, those are Batesy's chickens. <laughs> they, they are, and he's got a bunch. He built. He just built it's a new our, coop. It's our rooster. His name is Ashley Schaefer. His name is Ashley yeah, Schaefer. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. And yeah, that's a that's the the rooster's name is is Ashley Schaefer after uh, the Will Ferrell character in Eastbound and Down. Yes. Um, he's, yes. Uh, he's a exactly. car salesman. <laughs> but, but, oh, uh, I love it. I, this is, and, and I'm glad you have a big piece of property because your neighbors with the rooster. We we had a, in my old house. We had a, a neighbor behind us who had a rooster. Don't think they were supposed to where they lived, but you've got a big enough piece of property that you can handle that. Yeah, but this guy's kind of loud. There he is. There's Ashley. There is right so. on cue. Right on cue. <laughs> well, Batesy, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for for going down memory lane with us. And uh, the website uh, for for your art is it, it's Batesy Paint B eight B the number eight, S Y paint S Y paint dot com. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Paint dot com. Check it out. You you're going to love this stuff. You may be inspired to call Batesy and and ask him to make something for you. But it's some of the coolest, and it's not just because it's you know my favorite topic, which is college football in the South, but it's just it's so cool. And there's nothing else like it. So, oh man, thank I, yeah, you. Yeah, go check it out. Thank you. And, and Staples, thanks for having me on, man. A- anytime, you know, we do this about once a year. And anytime I come on, it's like we live not too far from each other. We, uh, it just, it reminds me that we need to, we need to make an effort when all this passes over and, and get together. And I want you to come and, and meet my students. I'd love for them to meet you and, and for you to talk to the class. But thanks so much for all the kind words and, and thanks for the laughs and thanks for having me on today. Thank you, Batesy. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Come back Monday. We're going to have a Dear Andy live on tape. Even though it's not on tape, we don't use tape anymore. We will come up with a name for that segment, I promise. But I got some great questions from you guys this week, and I want to answer some of those. Plus, we've got some news to digest because I talked to some of the conference commissioners. We've had a lot going on in college football. It appears that things are moving in a way that might, maybe, nobody knows yet, but maybe get college football season started either close to on time or on time. And so we're going to talk about everything that is going on in the world of college football, and we're going to answer your questions. Talk to you on Monday.